Peace be upon you. So when discussing religious matters with most Muslims, they typically make the argument, they say that we are unqualified to uh, discuss these matters. And instead, we have to rely on our scholars and imam to interpret this for us so they can inform us of the right outcome. And a lot of these individuals follow these scholars, these imams, uh, the ulama, uh, blindly. And by doing so, they're contradicting the verses of the Quran and they're leading themselves to hell. Now, hands down, if you follow the ulama, the, what the predominant Muslim scholarship has to say, they will lead you astray. They will teach you that homosexuals should be killed, that apostates should be killed, that adulterers should be stoned to death, that dogs are prohibited and unclean, that women must be covered from head to toe, uh, that women are not allowed to read the Quran or uh, go to Jumma prayer uh, or uh, do their salat if they're menstruating, and all kinds of just ridiculous aspects. They prohibit music and arts, gold and silk, and all kinds of things. And we can go on and on about all the falsehood that the ulama have uh, ingrained inside this beautiful faith. And the reason this goes against the, uh, the, the Quran is because God tells us that we are not to accept any information unless we verify it for ourselves. Now, these people are the definition of wicked. And in Surah 49, verse 6, it says, O you who believe, if a wicked person brings any news to you, you shall first investigate, lest you commit injustice towards some people out of ignorance, then become sorry and remorseful for what you have done. So God is informing us that if a wicked person, someone who's spreading falsehood about God, gives us information, it's our duty to investigate. But it's even more than that. The aspect is, if you genuinely believe that the decisions you make in this world, the decisions you make about your religious faith and how you're going to conduct yourself are going to impact you for all of eternity. Would you not take more responsibility to make sure that the information you're receiving from these supposed scholars is accurate? Because this decision is going to impact the rest of eternity. There's a quote, it says, uh, the, econ the economy is too important to be left to the economist. And this is similar. Our religious salvation is too important to be left to the scholars. This is something each individual has to make an active uh, effort to try to learn and understand for themselves. In Surah 17, verse 36, it reads, You shall not accept any information unless you verify it for yourself. I have given you the hearing, the eyesight, and the brain, and you're responsible for using them. So if we trust in God and we trust in the verses of uh, uh, God in the Quran, then we have to use our hearing, our eyesight, and our brains to understand this information. To simply defer it to someone else just shows that we really don't care about these matters that each individual is going to be held responsible on the Day of Judgment. And God warns us in the Quran not to make the same mistakes of the previous communities, individuals who followed their scholars and their imams and their leaders blindly. In Surah 931, it says, They have set up their religious leaders and scholars as lords instead of God. And in Surah 28, verse 41, it's talking about the people of Pharaoh. It says, We made them imams who led their people to hell. Furthermore, on the day of resurrection, they will have no help. These are warnings for us not to make the same mistakes, not to blindly put our faith into untrustworthy imbeciles who have desecrated this beautiful religion. And God provides us numerous examples in the Quran of communities that blindly followed their leaders and how their leaders led them to hell.
In Surah 34, verse 31 through 33, we read, Those who disbelieved have said, We will not believe in this Quran nor in the previous scriptures. If you could only envision these transgressors when they stand before their Lord, they will argue with one another back and forth. The followers will tell their leaders, If it were not for you, we would have been believers. The leaders will say to those who followed them, Are we the ones who diverted you from the guidance after it came to you? No, it is you who were wicked. The followers will say to their leaders, It was you who schemed night and day, then commanded us to be unappreciative of God and to set up idols to rank with Him. They will be ridden with remorse when they see the retribution, for we will place shackles around their necks of those who disbelieved. Are they not justly requited for what they did? Every person is responsible for their own neck, and we can't defer to our leaders on the Day of Judgment as an excuse to our own carelessness for choosing to follow such wicked people. In Surah 40, verse 47 through 48, it reads, As they argue in hell, the followers will say to their leaders, We used to be your followers. Can you spare us any part of this hell? The leaders will say, We are all in this together. God has judged among the people. Again, you see that the leaders and followers are turning against one another. The followers blame the leaders for sending them astray, and the, uh, the leaders tell the followers that if they were guided, then they wouldn't be in this situation, and they're all in it together. In Surah 14, verse 21, we read, When they all stand before God, the followers will say to the leaders, We used to follow you. Can you spare us even a little bit of God's retribution? They will say, Had God guided us, we would have guided you. Now it is too late. Whether we grieve or resort to patience, there is no exit for us. So from these verses, we learn that, again, it's the responsibility of each individual to investigate matters, to research and to learn, to be able to come to the conclusion themselves and not rely solely on the interpretation of people who we've proven are wicked and are propagating falsehood. And the natural thought for most people is when you tell them that you have to follow the Quran is that they believe that Arabic is a prerequisite to understanding the Quran. And the argument is that we have to rely on individuals who know Arabic to interpret the Quran for us. But God tells us in Surah 41 verse 44, it says, If we made it a non-Arabic Quran, they would have said, Why did it come down in that language? And this is the key part. It says, Whether it is in Arabic or non-Arabic, say, For those who believe it is a guide and healing as for those who disbelieve, they will be deaf and blind to it as if they are being addressed from far away. This is informing us that the Quran could be in Arabic or non-Arabic, meaning that the Quran can be translated. And it takes the intellect of someone to be able to read the verses of the Quran, and from that they can parse out the truth. Irrespective if the translator of the Quran butchers the translation, we have enough resources out there for individuals to research and come to the right understanding of what the truth is. What is it that these verses are conveying? And this has to do with the only prerequisite in understanding the Quran. The only requirement of being able to see the truth is one criteria, and that criteria is sincerity. If someone is sincere, God will guide their heart irrespective of language, irrespective of resources. Take the example of Abraham, who's living in a community of severe idol worshipers. And as a youth, God guided this individual to the truth. And God can do the same for any human on this planet. 
In Surah 56, verse 75 through 79, it reads, I swear by the positions of the stars. This is an oath if you only knew that is awesome. This is an honorable Quran in a protected book. None can grasp it except the sincere. This is the only requirement in understanding the Quran is that we're sincere. The second we go to alternative sources to try to understand this Quran and go to the interpretation of the ulama, it shows that we lack sincerity. There's a story, I shared it in a previous episode, I'll share it again uh, right now, where there was a psychiatrist who had a patient who believed that they were a corpse. And no matter what the psychiatrist would tell the uh, patient, the patient was utterly convinced that he was a corpse. So one day, the psychiatrist asked the patient, said, hey, do corpses bleed? And the person laughed and said, of course not. You know, corpses are dead, we're not alive, we don't have blood. So at which point, the psychiatrist took a pin and pricked the patient in the finger and a drop of blood came out. And the patient looks at the blood and says, huh, I guess corpses do bleed. And this is, again, it's, it's a funny story, but the, the takeaway from this is that if someone is genuinely sincere, if they come to see contradictory information from what they believe to be true, they will reassess their understanding. But an insincere person will discard any information that contradicts what they believe to be true. Sincerity means that you don't go in with biases and preconceived notions of what you expect God to tell you, what you think the answer is. That you go in there with a pure heart and you accept the information that God presents to us in the Quran. This is what it means to be sincere. And this is how you distinguish someone who's sincere from someone who's insincere. Because the sincere person will follow the truth wherever it leads them. In Surah 45 verse 23 it says, Have you noted the one whose God is his ego? Consequently, God sends him astray despite his knowledge, seals his hearing and his mind, and places a veil on his eyes. Who then can guide him after such a decision by God? Would you not take heed? Now, there's a couple words in Arabic that are used for uh, an ego. Typically, the word nafs is used. And nafs can mean ego, but it can also mean a soul or a person. But in this verse, the word for ego, where it says, have you noted the one whose God is his ego, is hawa. And hawa means a kind of personal desire. Because the aspect of an ego is when God gives us a commandment and we choose to follow some other whim or some other motivation that contradicts the verses that God has given to us, then it shows that we're setting up another source beside God. And this is confirmed in Surah 6 verse 121. It says, Do not eat from that upon which the name of God has not been mentioned, for it is an abomination. And it continues. It says, The devils will inspire their allies to argue with you. If you obey them, you will be idol worshippers. Meaning that if we accept some other source that contradicts the words of God, then we are setting that individual up as an idol. Now, if that individual is our own opinion, then our ego becomes our idol. But if that individual is a scholar, someone from the uh, one of the imams or one of these individuals who claims moral superiority for understanding the Quran and will dictate to you what this meaning is, then that becomes your idol. The aspect is we have to each come to the truth ourselves. We have to read the verses of the Quran and come to this understanding for ourselves. That if we accept information strictly because someone told us so, then they become our idols. 
That's why we have to always go back to the source. And the source is the Quran. In Source 6, verse 19 and 20, it reads, Say, whose testimony is the greatest? Say, God's. He is the witness between me and you that this Quran has been inspired to me to preach it to you and whomever it reaches. Indeed, you bear witness there are other gods beside God. Say, I do not testify as you do. There is only one God and I disown your idolatry. Notice here that in this verse, it's calling the greatest testimony is that of God's and specifically referencing the Quran. And then the setting up of any other testimony beside that of God's, God is equating it to idol worship in this verse. That the source we need to always go back to, the source we need to ultimately follow is that of the Quran because this is the only proven scripture we have in our possession where we know for a fact that it's complete, it's fully detailed, it has examples of everything, that it's authenticated with the mathematical structure to validate that every letter, every word, every surah is that of what was originally delivered to the Prophet. Now we cannot say this about any other source. It's only the Quran that has this level of completeness. And therefore, this is the only source we use when it comes to determining our religious salvation. In Surah 6 verse 20, it continues, it says, Those to whom we have given the scripture recognize this as they recognize their own children. The ones who lose their souls are those who do not believe. The believers recognize the truth when they see it no different than when they, re- they see their own children and they recognize their faces. It's because when an individual is sincere, God opens up their heart. God allows them to see the truth and they recognize it when they see it. But the second we set up another source beside that of God and His Quran, then it shows that we are not sincere, that we choose to not accept the words of God in the Quran. God informs us that He alone is the teacher of the Quran. In Surah 55, verse 1 and 2, it says, The most gracious teacher of the Quran. This is one of the names of God, is that He is the teacher of the Quran. The second we think, again, we have to go to another source to understand the Quran. It's showing that we do not believe in God's words in the Quran. God tells us repeatedly in the Quran that He made the Quran easy to learn. In Surah 54, verse 17, 22, 32, and 40, it repeats, We made the Quran easy to learn. Does any of you wish to learn? So God is telling us that He's making it accessible to those who are sincere, that He'll open up their eyes and open up their hearts to the truth that's in this message. In some translations, you'll see that this verse says, We made the Quran easy to remember. Does any of you wish to remember? And the reason is because the Arabic word that's used in this verse is the word dhikr. Now the word dhikr has multiple meanings. You'll see it used in the Quran for commemoration, for meditation, uh, as a reminder, and also in the sense of a proof. Now even if you take the understanding that the God has made the Quran easy to remember, you can think of it in one, two ways. One way is the aspect of the memory bells in the Arabic Quran, the melodic tone, that it makes it easy for remembrance. But the other way you can think about it is the fact that this is all instinctive knowledge that every human has, and God is calling upon us to remember. In Surah 7 verse 172, God is telling us about the fact that each of us bore witness to the oneness of God prior to coming to this earth. It reads, Recall that your Lord summoned all the descendants of Adam and had them bear witness for themselves. Am I not your Lord? They all said, Yes, we bear witness. Thus, you cannot say on the day of resurrection, we were not aware of this. 
Nor can you say it was our parents who practiced idolatry and we simply followed in their footsteps. Will you punish us because of what others have innovated? So the fact is that God has placed this instinctive knowledge of good and evil inside every human being's heart that the sincere individuals will recognize this and those who have their hearts have been corroded will need to purify themselves in order to remember the truth herein. The other aspect, if this was strictly in the context of memorizing the Arabic Quran, God informs us that this doesn't do anyone any good if they don't understand the Quran. In Surah 26, verse 198 through 199, it reads, If we revealed this to people who do not know Arabic and had him recite it in Arabic, they could not possibly believe in it. Meaning that if we don't understand the sounds that are coming out of our mouth, it's utterly useless. That we have to understand the meaning of the verses. And by God's leave, there's plenty of resources out there to understanding the meaning of the Quran. For us to be able to decipher these things and come to the conclusions ourselves. You don't have to know Arabic in order to do that. All we need is sincerity. God has given us the hearing, the eyesight, and the brain, and has commanded us to verify any information we receive. That this decision is grander than any other decision in our life. And if we outsource this to other individuals who have been proven to spread falsehood and lies about God, it shows how little we care about the subject matter. Now, the aspects that are the most important for the individual should take priority in their lives, that they spend the time, the resources, to be able to come to terms on these matters for themselves. And God is the teacher of the Quran. He made the Quran easy for us to learn. And if we trust in God and His words in the Quran, then He'll open up our hearts and provide us with the correct understandings. And if we choose to follow other sources, then we will be prevented from being able to understand the Quran. In Surah 17, verse 45 through 46, it reads, When you read the Quran, we place between you and those who do not believe in the hereafter an invisible barrier. We will place shields around their minds to prevent them from understanding it and deafness in their ears. And when you preach your Lord using the Quran alone, they run away in aversion. If we follow the Quran alone, if we trust in God, if we do our utmost to put our biases and opinions aside, God will provide us the truth. And when we see it, we will recognize it as naturally as we recognize our own children. Now, this doesn't mean that we don't consult, that we don't read books, that we don't go and study. God has provided these resources for us to be able to go and search for the truth. All this means is that we don't rely on the interpretation of one person when it contradicts the verses of the Quran. In Surah 9, verse 122, God informs us the importance of having individuals dedicated to studying the religion. It reads, When the believers mobilize, not all of them shall do so. A few from each group shall mobilize by devoting their time to studying the religion. Thus they can pass the knowledge on to their people when they return, that they may remain religiously informed. These individuals who are spending their time and uh, efforts to study the religion, to share this information, it still puts the onerous on the recipient of that information to validate 
what it is that they hear, what it is that they uh, take. Because if you follow something strictly because someone else told you so, then it shows that, again, you're setting up another source beside God. In Surah 42, verse 38, it says they respond. This is the traits of the righteous. It says they respond to their Lord by observing the contact purse a lot. Their affairs are decided after due consultation among themselves and from our provisions they give to charity. So consulting with others, if you have a moral dilemma, you have a religious matter you need to discuss, God is telling us the traits of the believers is that we consult with one another, that we ask other people for input. But again, if someone provides you information that contradicts what God said in the Quran, that you cannot validate for yourself, it's your duty not to accept that as a religious decree. Ultimately, we are each responsible for our own necks. And while it's fine to pull information from various sources and you know, uh, individuals who've studied matters, ultimately, it's our job to validate that by the verses of the Quran. In Surah 39, verse 18, it says, They are the ones who examine all words, then follow the best. These are the ones whom God has guided. These are the ones who possess intelligence. Now, if you want to follow the best, there is no better word than the words of God in the Quran. And that is always going to be our ultimate source. That's going to be the best source. And God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, please hit us up at crontalk at gmail.com. If you want to have a word-for-word translation of the Arabic Quran, along with an awesome translation, please check out the Quran Study app on the iOS app store or at quranstudyapp.com. And if you like the uh, podcast, please share the word, leave us a review. And until next time, peace and God bless.